high-tech criminal finds out it ain't easy being cheesy. Is it possible there is a website that just by looking at it will give you false memories? And then we travel to Chile to take a look at two friends who were parking their car one night to have a nice chat. They thought it was just going to be another uneventful night. Until the interdimensional hobo walked out of the woods. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Garbner. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having lots of fun. Let's go ahead and give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, riding in the Dead Rabbit Command on the back on the back of a bigger Patreon supporter. So it's like Master Blaster. He's this tiny guy on the back of this dude. It's the entire export. Everyone give a round of applause. <laughs> give a round of applause to this little baby Patreon supporter. The entire export. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, or if you're not the diminutive part of a pair, that's fine too. It just helps spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Export. I'm going to go ahead and toss you the oars to the Dead Rabbit Rowboat. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed out to somewhere in Europe. Splash. Splash. You're like, it's a Europe. You're like, dude, this is an entire continent. Well, just keep rowing while I tell this story. I'm just going to relax. Have a little pillow behind my head as I'm telling you this story. Back on episode 484. I'll put it in the show notes. We cover a story where European law enforcement, like Interpol and stuff. I didn't go back and listen to the episode myself, but I just remember it. I don't remember exactly the law enforcement agencies. They broke this encrypted phone system. They were Terrorists were using it and criminals were using it. And maybe someone who just wanted to not... He <laughs> didn't want his wife to know who he was talking to. There were a lot of criminals using EncroChat. It was an encrypted phone service. With super high tech, you would send messages and it had all these servers and stuff that everything would bounce around. And it was basically billed as, do what you want, no one will find out. Well, what happened was Interpol or other European agencies did eventually break the system and they've been arresting people ever since. And we covered that on episode 484 and there's an update to this story. So law enforcement over there has all of these chats now, all of these photographs, all these phone calls. But it doesn't always tell them who is on the other side. A lot of people are using aliases. They're not sending out their addresses. So they're not like, deliver the cocaine to 159 West Dyer Lane. So some of them, they're just looking at photographs. They're looking at accounts and they can see all this stuff. There was a user named Toffee Force. who, who His crime was not stealing Toffee. He was not a theme supervillain. He's actually a huge cocaine, allegedly, a huge cocaine dealer and heroin and MDMA. All this stuff. And the cops are looking at all of these business transactions he's making, all of these wheeling and dealing he's doing. But they don't know who Toffee Force is. They just have access to his account. They're going through all of his photographs. There's a photo that he sent to someone else on EncroChat, a friend of his or something like that, where he's holding a block of Stilton cheese. He's like at a Safeway or something. He's at a supermarket. He was bragging to someone, look what I have. Look what I have. I have this block of cheese. And the guy responds, I have millions of dollars of heroin. I'm not worried about your cheese. Would you like to buy some heroin? Sure. I'll do the drug deal. But I also want to flex on you that I have cheese. Police took that photograph. And it was so high res. 
They were able to get his fingerprints and his palm print from from as he was holding his pocket cheese. It'll the photo will be in the article in the show notes. He's it's you, they show the photo. They're able to get partial palm print and his fingerprints, and they identified who it was. It's Carl Stewart, thirty year old drug dealer out of Liverpool. Actually, I don't have to say allegedly. He was sentenced to thirteen years in prison from a block of cheese. Now he didn't he didn't technically get the prison sentence because of the block of cheese. But had he not had that photo, would they have ever been able to identify him? He obviously was already in the system, so he had priors. They have his fingerprints to match him up against. This is why I love true crime. I love the investigative side of it. And this guy, this drug dealer, is moving stuff all over the continent. And he went uncaught because he was using this incro chat. And then they broke into that and he went uncaught because he was savvy enough to not give up any of his details. But you would not ever assume they would be able to do that. I did not think that was possible. So the moral of the story is have a low-res camera if you're going to be a drug dealer and you're going to take pictures of any part of your body, make sure it's a really low-res flip phone camera. First off, let me suggest don't take photos at all. Don't exist in any photographic evidence at all. And let me go back. Don't be a drug dealer in the first place. But if you are going to do those first two things, have a really crummy camera. You're like mailing, you're mailing people Polaroids of you holding cheese. They're like, what is this? How'd you get my address? I'm supposed to be secure. This is the level of sophistication that law enforcement has now. And it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I could see something like this, like the CIA doing it, or some like people trying to catch a terrorist and there's like Osama bin Laden walking through a forest. He's all blurry. They're like, what? He's still alive. I could see satellites, but I didn't think you could just take a cell phone picture and go, oh, that's his fingerprints. X, let's go ahead and hop in the dead rabbit dirigible. We're leaving behind Liverpool. That I should have looked at my notes. That's exactly where the story took place. We're leaving behind Liverpool in the United Kingdom. Take this dead rabbit dirigible out to a local blockbuster video. So there's only one. I don't know why I said local. Let's go to Bend, Oregon to visit their blockbuster video store. I recently visited the last blockbuster on Earth. It was pretty cool. It was exactly what you'd think it was. It was a blockbuster. It's the last one. Anyone who'd been in a blockbuster uh, knows what it is. It smelled exactly the same. I Blockbuster video rental stores were my dream jobs, honestly. But instead, I'm, I'm on the closet recording a podcast talking about ghosts. And that's pretty good, too. That's pretty good, too. But we're walking around the aisles of this blockbuster. And I turn to you and I go... Have you ever seen a movie? Let me let me describe it to you. It's actually a British film. It was in the 1970s, kind of a short film. It's about these two kids. They live at home with their parents, and they get tired of their parents bossing them around. So the beginning of the short film, parents are bossing the kids around, and they're not like they're not like treating them like Cinderella. They're not making them sweep up ashes and not feed them. They're saying like. Brush your teeth, eat breakfast, go to school. Basic stuff that parents, good parents should do. And the kids finally go, you know what? Parents bossing you around sucks. The kids are tired of this, right? They're getting ready to overthrow the parents. And it's a boy and a girl, and the girl's playing with her dollhouse, and the boy's kind of hanging out in there as well. And they both wish, they're sitting in front of the dollhouse, they both wish, I wish our parents stopped bossing us around. Yeah, me too. And they don't know that the dollhouse is actually magical. And the next morning when they wake up, the parents are just lounging around in their bathrobes. There's no food made for breakfast. 
the kids are like, hey, uh, we slept in. Like, you didn't... Our voices got deeper, by the way. Also, we, you guys didn't wake us up for school. And parents are like, ah, who cares? And they're like, just drinking their tea. Ah, who cares? Okay, that's weird. And they have fun that day, though. And then the next day comes along. Parents don't ask them to wake up. They don't worry about them eating their food. They don't worry about them brushing their teeth. And the kids are having a ball. And the kids put two and two together. They must have made a wish in front of a magic dollhouse. But what happens is the parents stop caring about everything. They stop going to work. And they lose their jobs. The house is completely messy because the kids have just been tearing up the place. Assuming mom would clean it up. They're both sitting there drinking tea. No job. No money. The power gets shut off. The heat gets shut off. The daughter, they show the daughter at one point eating the last scrapings of peanut butter out of a jar. They're not shopping for any food. The parents don't care about anything anymore. And it ends with them getting so cold that for fuel, the children have to burn the dollhouse to just stay warm a little bit longer. Do you guys remember that? That story I just told you, 1970s British short film. And you may go, no, I never saw that. But when I put those qualifiers in front of it, when I said it was a British short film from the 1970s, you pictured, I'm assuming, the graininess of the film, the accents of the characters. Maybe there's a narrator on top of it, a posh British narrator going, tut, tut, tut. Those little Wilkinson kids don't know what they're up to. I've never seen it. I've never seen that show before. And yet I can picture not just the story, because when you read a book, you can picture it in your head. But when you add the qualifications of it being a film in this set in this time period, set in this country, you start to add cinematography to it. To eventually you can see it as if it was a film. And that brings me to the topic of this story. There's a subreddit called Tip of My Tongue. And what it is, that's where I found this one at, is what it is is people will post things saying, I saw a movie in the early 2000s, I think it was direct-to-video. It had a scene where a man walked into a dark room. It looked like a really cheap alien set. And there was a woman sitting on a rock, and she was holding her own baby, and she goes, Help me! Help me. And the guy just moved on to the other room. And he, the, the guy goes, that's the only part I saw. I saw it when I was eight. It really disturbed me. Does anyone know what this movie is? And it's a whole subreddit dedicated to that. And a lot of them are solved, but a lot of them are open. A lot of them don't have answers for them. And reading that stuff, I swear it instills false memories in you. Now, I don't think I ever saw that British program because I didn't watch British programs in the 1970s. Or now. I don't watch them now either. But I'll read through it and I'll see stuff that have very vague scenes from movies that I would tend to watch. And I go, oh, dude, I think I might have seen that. And I never did. I never did. There was one I saw recently and they said it was a series of ads for either a web series or a low-budget movie about aliens taking over, and there's a scene where a kid is in the backseat of a car, and this is early 2000s to 2010s, because sometimes there's these huge time ranges, there's a kid in the backseat of a car, 
and we're at that child's point of view and the driver of the car is the kid's parent and then the parent turns slightly and you can tell the parent has a disfigured or alien-like face. And I go, I've seen, I, I swear that sounds so familiar to me. But I don't think I've ever seen it. I actually commented on that one and go, oh, I think I know what that one is. Because it explained a couple other scenes. Two people are at the bus stop and one's moving erratically. And then the bus drives by and then there's only one person at the bus stop. The person who was moving erratically. Like it had devoured the person. The normal person saying, I go, I've seen that. It's weird. It's almost, when you read through it, it's like trying to remember dreams you had. Because you're, you're trying to remember it. When you read through this, I, I ignore the music ones and the book ones because I don't read a lot of stuff. But the movie, I've watched tons and tons and tons of movies and television over my life. And I'll go through them. And, and if it's British, not so much. I just like the story about the, the magic house. I think that's kind of a creepy story in and of itself. So I wanted to share that one as well. But even though I don't think I ever saw that one, I can imagine the camera pulling back as the two kids are in front of the fireplace and they're watching the fireplace burn and it's i can imagine how it's perfectly shot and i can imagine it with that 1970s grain to it but when i'm reading stuff about sci-fi movies that would have been around the time period i was watching movies 1980s to now oh i saw this low budget movie it's like waking up from a dream because you're already trying to remember what it is and as you're reading this person's description you start to picture it in your head because you're trying to place the description and once the description is in your head you start to remember it, even though you've never seen it. It's fascinating. It is super easy to implant false memories in people. And you would say, oh, not me. Not me. I, I, I'm, but it, it can happen to everybody. And that's why witnesses and trials, they can be iffy. They can be really iffy because you can put false memories into people. Either prosecutors are doing it, law enforcement officers are doing it, and then they're like, no, are you sure this is the guy who did it? Remember that? So they have to be real careful about that or do it on purpose. But I recommend going, <laughs> I recommend you having your own psyche disturbed. Go to the subreddit and find something that you would be interested in. If you're not interested in movies, check out the music ones because they'll be like, there's this song and they'll give a couple lyrics. And within minutes, you will hear that song. You'll be like, dude, I do remember that song. I do. And your brain is trying to process it because you're thinking so hard about it anyways. Your brain will hear those lyrics. It'll put a tune to it. It's really, really bizarre. If you want to experience false memories for yourself, check out this subreddit. It's called Tip of My Tongue. I'll put it in the show notes. And there may be ones that you do remember. And you can actually help people out from their own mental distress. No one, to this day, that story I just told you was posted a while ago. Nobody knows what program that is. But other people have said, I saw that too, I just don't remember the name of it. There's a website called Kinder Trauma. It's all creepy stuff from when we were kids. And that is listed on there. Nobody knows. But multiple people now have said... I remember watching the show. I don't know what it is. It's about this magic dollhouse. So interesting. You can help people solve some mysteries or you can pollute your own brain with unnecessary information. Either or. It's a fun afternoon. Export. Let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the Carpenter Copter. We're leaving behind this blockbuster. We rented a bunch of movies. We ain't returning them. Let's head on out to Chile. <laughs> 
I'm not going to do a Dead Rabbit Recommends on it, because I think it's pretty well known, but are you guys watching Invincible? Jeez, dude. That might be one of the best superhero stories. It's so good. If you guys aren't watching it, Jason, my buddy Jason Campbell turned me on to it. I totally flew under my radar. He listens to the show. What's up, Jason? Invincible is one of the best. If you guys aren't into superheroes, I'm sorry for wasting 30 seconds of your time, but if you are... It ranks up there with Watchmen. It ranks up there with The Dark Knight Returns. Honestly, it is so... It's on Amazon Prime. And what's weird is I love the show so much, I went out and bought the comic book. I bought the first 44 issues as a compendium. The show is better than the comic book. The show spends more time building up characters than the comic book does. It's really weird. I've never seen that before. The storylines in the comic book take a bit longer to build up. You have more backstory, but if the show is brilliant. If you guys aren't watching Invincible, Invincible, I'm going to do it. Dead Rabbit recommends the first season of Invincible. It's brilliant. It's some of the best comic book writing and superhero writing that I've ever seen. Um, yeah, yeah. If you guys aren't watching Invincible, give it a shot. Give it a shot. The first episode, just watch the whole thing, beginning to end. Because <laughs> several times in the first episode, I was like, meh. This is okay. And then by the time the episode ended, I watched the next six episodes that day. You just can't stop. But that is my Dead Rabbit Recommends. X-Board, fly this Carpenter Copter down to Chile. Specifically, we're going to Porto Varis in Chile. The year's 2019. It's 10 p.m. at night. Carpenter Copter is landing on the countryside. I love this story. I love this story. Not for the story itself, but I really wish more people would do this. I found this on Reddit. It was on the High Strangeness subreddit. It was posted by E. Lenmi. They give us the coordinates of the location. This is not somewhere in Utah. This is not part of the Russian Federation. E. Lenmi actually gives us the GPS coordinates for this story. I was able to go to Google Earth and look at this location. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that because so many of these stories are just vague locations, especially when it's not professionally vetted, especially when it's just posted on Reddit. So I appreciate that. So you can go to Google Earth. The location is going to be in the show notes. You can click on that. You can see this place. Where we're at is outside of Porto Varis is a bit of a countryside. So you have the city proper and then there's like a road or two and then there's just hills. They describe it as the hills from the Microsoft XP wallpaper. It's just a very idyllic location. It's a place where Elenmi and their friend go often. This is They just go, they park, they hang out, they talk. The solitude of the countryside. This time, they're parking there. And they see a homeless man walk into the woods. Uh, uh, they didn't say that they can hear him. They weren't that close, but I'm assuming those are the noises he was making, right? Theater of the mind. Uh, he's the mummy. He just came back from the tomb. Uh, uh. They see a homeless man walk into the woods. Now, he lend me says that the car is pointing right in his direction and the headlights are on. And so when the headlights hit the homeless man and he's walking into the woods, he sees this figure begin to transform. Elenmi says that the homeless man 
becomes glowing white. Now, at first, he's thinking it's the it's the effect of getting hit with two headlights. You're just lighting up the area. But then we get this image that the homeless man turns into a, quote, incomprehensible shape, unquote. What does that even mean? Like, humans are so trained to be able to describe things. So when something is described as incomprehensible, like, even if you said he turned into a polygon version of himself, he turned into a glowing orb, turn in any vast number of things I can describe, when something becomes incomprehensible, that is truly alien. This is truly something that should not exist in reality. They watch this homeless man glow white and then turn into an incomprehensible shape. Now he lend me, thinks it's just a trick of the light, doesn't say anything to his friend, they just continue to talk, right? I probably would have brought it up, but whatever. That's why people don't park with cars with me in the middle of nowhere anymore. I'm like, did you see that? Did you see that? They're like, yes, Jason, that's a crow. But did you see how big it was? Yes, that's how big crows normally are. But it might have been spooky. Five minutes later, they're still sitting there. They're still talking. This figure, which even calling it a figure makes it comprehensible. This thing in the woods has now taken on a human figure again. It's completely white, and it's two-dimensional. Elenmi's looking at it, and can, he's looking at it straight on, and he knows that there is nothing behind it. There's no curves to it. It's simply a static image. It's a two-dimensional image in a three-dimensional world. And it's walking, but... He describes it as, imagine if you took a picture of somebody walking, painted it white, and then said, walk from here to there, but didn't provide the walking animation. The legs aren't moving. The arms aren't going from side to side. It's a cut-out image that's totally white of a human, and it's floating. But it's in that... It's like a crosswalk, dude. But imagine him... Six feet tall, going down the street. He's watching something move in a walking pose, but not doing the walking animation. A humanoid figure, completely white, moving out of the forest. And as it gets out of the forest and is moving towards the car, it turns back into the hobo that they had seen walk into the forest. And the hobo is walking straight towards the car. Stops about 10 feet from the front of the car and just looks at him. Elenmi and their friend is sitting in the car and they're, they have no idea what's going on. And Elenmi doesn't, again, doesn't know if he's the only one seeing this. But the hobo turns and simply walks away into the darkness. Elenmi, the first time they thought it was a trick of the light... But this time turns to their friend and says, Did you see that? <laughs> Did you see what just happened? And the friend verifies. Yes, you mean the you mean the two-dimensional dude who was floating around, transformed into a homeless person? Yes. A couple days later, they revisit the location. Because this is their hangout spot. 
Incomprehensible shapes be damned. This is where they hang out. So they're at this location again. And they're sitting in the car. And they hear, Hola! That's Spanish for hello, if you didn't understand my accent. Hola! They hear a young girl say the word hello in Spanish in the car. And it totally freaks them out and they drive away. Now, I'm going to say that is nowhere... That way, that is nowhere near as impressive as an incomprehensible incom- shape turning into a hobo. Turning into a two-dimensional hobo and then into a regular hobo. What?! That's not that I included that story. I included that story for completion. That's not interesting. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess it's interesting if you're in the car and there's like a ghost kid in the back seat. But how do you follow up what you just had in a close encounter of the most bizarre kind? Don't end it with a don't end it with some ghost story. Yeah, I got abducted and I was taken to this other planet and they taught me the secret of life. And then when I came home that day. My, my sink turned on all by itself. But the reason why I included it was they this scared them more than the hobo. The goat, which it's funny because people who listen to this podcast, we're conspiracy. This is advanced paranormal conspiracy stuff. If you want to listen just about ghosts and orbs and things like that, there's hundreds of YouTube channels and hundreds of podcasts. The people who listen to this show... When someone brings up orbs, you just gotta kick back and go, dude, I got some crazy stories to tell you. Let me tell you about myths over Miami. Let me tell you about the Casablanca alien invasion. Like, the stuff that we talk about on this show is far beyond just obscureness and power level than most other stuff. But if you don't listen to this show, if you're not into really obscure, really cutting-edge paranormal stuff, a ghost girl in the backseat of your car is terrifying because that's, it's, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's so mundane. I wouldn't cover this story if that was it. But if you are just a kid or just even an adult and you have very limited experience with paranormal stories, that is the height of terror, hearing a disembodied voice. The two-dimensional homeless man flown through the woods. Now that's what we're we're into. Give me more of them flat, flat homeless people. That's what Dead Rabbit Radio is about. So you have that. That would have made us... That that (laughs) terrifies me. An incomprehensible shape becoming a two-dimensional shape becoming a homeless person. But whatever the thing, if you think the ghost voice is scary as well, that's fine. It's not. It's not in and of itself, but... They this scares them more than the homeless guy. They leave the area, and then it says when they came back a while later, and this might be a translation error, but it says a couple days later they came back and the place was closed off to visitors. So the it's an open countryside. I'm assuming the parking lot they were in ended up getting closed off. And kind of the implication is these events may have led to something, the area getting closed off by the local government. It could be something. We've covered colleges that have boarded up rooms because too many paranormal events. This local city council may have been getting too many reports of weird things happening in this area. They close off the parking center. I In the photo itself, like of the Google Earth, it looks like it's just countryside. I don't think the government could go, nope, no countryside for you. All those rolling hills, nope, you can't look at them. There might have been a certain area that was roped off, but... That's how that story ended. Somebody or some institution, organization, government, or private 
made it so this particular place where they parked the car was inaccessible. Why? Who knows? Maybe the little ghost girl went to the local city council. They're like having a normal meeting and they hear like, <laughs> and the city council's like, damn it, is that ghost girl back at our city council meetings? And she's like, yes. And she gives a little monologue in each one of their heads about how she needs her privacy. That probably didn't happen. But we can assume the story kind of suggests that the place was closed off for human safety or to cover up a story. The story's fascinating for me, mostly because of the incomprehensible shape, two-dimensional figure, the way we've covered stories like that before. I can't remember off the top of my head, but things that are alien tend to move odd in our environment, especially if it's some sort of inter interdimensional entity. You know, why would a demon have knees and walk and be like, welcome to my lair? I mean, demons may have knees. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that they don't. But to walk, we need musculature. To do all the things that we do that we take for granted to pick stuff up, we need a little nerve endings in our fingers. So we can hold cheese in front of the police. We need all these things. What is a demonic or an interdimensional entity? They may be able to mimic the, the look of what we would think they would look like. They could have two arms, two legs. But would they need to use them? To move, you need to ingest calories to so you have energy to do all these things. These are all human concepts. So you can have something that's pretending to be a human but doesn't mimic it perfectly. And so it's just kind of floating there, moving in a pose in a frozen walk pose, which that sounds lynching more than anything. I can just imagine and the crazy hobo coming from the woods. I don't can't say that he's crazy, but he did become an incomprehensible shape. He makes people crazy. This idea of a, just imagine someone standing there in a walking pose and watching them kind of gracefully float over the... Not even float! Like, it's on the ground, it's moving, but it's uh, it's really even hard to describe what it is. But you can picture it in your head, and it's unsettling at best. And Cthulhu-like level horror at worst. So why these two kids were scared when a little girl's like, Hello! Beyond me. But I love this idea of interdimensional entities not being able, even though they try, not being able to act correctly in our environment. And then you just have the idea, too, that an interdimensional being could have this vast intelligence. It could obviously know how to travel between dimensions. But would it be sane by our standards? It can't even move correctly through our world until it assumes the shape of a tramp. So what could be going on in its mind? How does it process information? It may look like it has eyeballs, but how is it seen? And something from another dimension, something from outside of our reality that could drive us insane, would it also seem insane when it tried acting amongst us? Would it perfectly be able to blend in and become the Queen of England and take over continents and eventually the world? Or would it be a lunatic homeless person on a street corner yelling at a traffic light? Would it be someone who can't blend in with society, physically can assume the form, but it can't communicate with us? It may be able to use the same words, but the thought process is so jumbled, so alien, we can't make sense of it. An ambassador from another world, an inventor, from another plane of reality, has pierced the veil and come here, and they're homeless. They're an insane dude on the streets of L.A. 
People just walk by them day in, day out, paying them no mind. What would they say when they went back home? What was on the other side, Glibber Globble? What was on the other side? Well, it was weird. <laughs> Walking's a bit difficult. We just kind of float, but over there they expect these things to move. They call legs. And um, they wanted us to walk along those, what are those words? Streets. But they treat us like trash. <laughs> they treat us alien dimensional creatures. They call themselves aliens, just to make this clear. They treat us like trash. I, I'm the smartest dude in this reality. And the other, the other aliens are looking, uh, well, maybe maybe the second smartest. You were the guinea pig through the, through the machine. But he goes, I go over there, and they, I, they treat us like trash. Like, I showed up, and I went to go talk to their local authorities. And the next thing I know, I'm sitting in this thing they call jail. They think I'm crazy. And then I kill everyone with my eight tentacles. And they think, that's weird. And then they kick me out of jail, and you think they would take care of me, you know? No! They kicked me out. I did kill those eight guys with my tentacles. But they kicked me out of jail, and they said I was crazy, and they threw me on the street. They treat people so badly on Earth, I don't think I ever want to go back. They immediately assumed I was a crazy man, threw me in jail, and then after I sobered up, they threw me in the street. I was a homeless, crazy homeless person. I wasn't crazy. I was normal for us. But they treated me like I was crazy. And these interdimensional creatures would be getting these reports from all over the world. I mean, sure, there's a chance that one of them happened to go to some, like, really caring city. And they're like, yeah, let's take you in. You're cool. And that, that dude comes back. He's like, oh, no, it's totally awesome. Sure, everyone thought I was crazy. But, like, I was in this warming shelter. And I kind of hung out all day long. And I met some other homeless people. It wasn't that bad. And every other person will be like, it's the worst. What are you talking about? Earth is the worst place to go. They treat us like trash. So be careful the next time you see some homeless dude. And you, like, spit on him. You're like, Jason, I've never done that. I've never done that. Just the next time you see a homeless person, a hobo, a tramp, just some dude who's down on his luck, don't be so mean to him. Don't be so mean to him. Because for all we know, someday there's going to be portals opening up in every major city in the world. And there's just an army. Walking through. They all, they all have bindles. They all have sticks with little handkerchiefs tied behind them. And that's their main weapon. They're just hitting cops over the head with these bindles. Ah! The cops immediately disintegrate. And these hobos are floating through cities, two-dimensional. And they're like, how do we fight these guys? We don't even know how to shoot them. And bullets are passing through them because they're two-dimensional. And then, like, there's a hobo flag. It's just a big bandit. It's just a big, dirty bandana, and it's hanging from all of the flag posts in the world. And society is destroyed by interdimensional hobos. And, and as you are now an interdimensional hobo's pet, as they have now completely invaded our reality, all the skyscrapers have been leveled. Everyone lives on the ground now, just like the hobo warlords. And you're like in a cardboard box. And there's a hobo lording over you from another dimension. And he's standing there. And he goes, got any change? And you go, you... You, <laughs> you ask me that question every single day, master. You know I don't have any change. And then he goes, I know, I know. And then he pets you. And this interdimension for the rest of your life, which is very long because hobo medicine is the best, best medicine of all. They have figured out the fountain of youth. He's going to pet you. This interdimensional hobo is going to constantly pet you on the back of the neck and go, oh, that'll do. That'll do. And you think, if only I was nicer to the homeless people, 
Boy, was nicer to that one homeless person who turned out to be an alien general. None of this would have happened. But instead, for eternity, you feel the rough fingertips of an alien homeless dude scratch the back of your neck. Forever. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail. That, that, that's the ending. That's the ending. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one.